0: Hey everybody, it's Sophia here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Wow, do we ever have a, an amazing interview with you today? I'm laughing because uh, this interview just, I, it was so funny. Um, so I'm interviewing Hayden and Savannah Paul. They are hosts of the, a podcast called I Stand at the Door. And I interviewed on their podcast about a month ago. And I said, guys, come on over, interview on mine um, these are people that I felt like a, just a legitimate connection with right off the bat. I honestly feel like they're kindred spirits. And um, it was so fun connecting. We had so much fun together on their podcast. And um, uh, the interview just wound up being so funny when we recorded. So a couple things. Um, we, we started this VIP thing and uh, we had a, a complete glitch in the automation and um, and a little bit of a user error on our front. So nobody was notified. So like one guy showed up uh, for the VIP thing. So it it was like an audience of one, which is just too bad because, you know, I was really excited to have uh, a bunch of people in to ask these guys questions. But um, anyway, we got through the technical glitch, not a big deal. And, um, you know, the the interview, we had basically purpose to talk about their faith, to talk about how Hayden had overcome pornography and how they worked through it in the context of their relationship, because I think there's a lot of value there. And we did all of those things and, and it, it went beautifully. And then somehow we just got talking about sex and, you know, what sex is like in a marriage and, and, you know, things that you talk about and things that guys want versus what girls want and how guys think about sex and how girls think about sex. And we just, oh man, I was busting a gut. We just started talking about some of the dynamics and uh, it just got super candid in a really impactful way. Like it wasn't it wasn't weird or uncomfortable or whatever, but just um, as we start to talk about their dynamics, like, or as they start to talk about their dynamics, I honestly felt like I was looking in a mirror because my wife and I have um, had very similar conversations and discussions and I've had to go through, uh, just work through similar um, dynamics between the two of us. So I was... I was laughing so hard. It, it We really loosened up and it was really cool kind of where we got to. Um, so I really want to encourage you to listen to this. Uh, number one, if you're single, you really need to listen to this because Hayden and Savannah both offer insights on uh, number one, what a guy... Uh, should be thinking about and and how he should be approaching dating if he is struggling with porn still. Um, He had some really good stuff in there, some stuff that I haven't even been able to articulate. But when he said it, I was like, yes, that is it. And Savannah offers a woman's perspective as well. uh, Really refreshing. And I think it's going to help dismantle some of the Perfectionism that can creep in, some of the um, ideals that we maybe hold a little bit too tightly as single guys uh, getting ready for marriage. You may feel like you need to have everything dealt with and everything resolved, and these guys have a very different take on that. Um, But I I believe it's very biblical and I think it's really healthy, and uh, their own experience speaks for itself. They have an incredible marriage as you're going to kind of observe in the interview. Um, I also think if you're married and you're really looking to kind of work through this stuff, this is a very good episode for you to to listen up, especially if you're kind of wanting to improve your sex life. Uh, Maybe you need to uh, talk uh, to your significant other about your porn usage. This interview is going to give you all kinds of insights into those arenas as well. So uh, I've talked a lot here. I want to just jump straight in, but I wanted to kind of give you a heads up about what you can expect. This is my interview with Hayden and Savannah Paul. Enjoy it, guys. All right. So I'm here with Hayden and Savannah Paul. Uh, Guys, we just met a couple of weeks ago, but uh, really hit it Mm -hmm. off. I had a great interview on your podcast and uh, now I have the privilege of having you here. So welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Ah, thank you.
1: We appreciate your podcast. uh, I've heard a lot of people uh, saying they loved hearing your story. So we appreciate you uh, coming and sharing with our audience
0: as well. Well, you guys asked some really good questions. And I, I've been interviewed by two people before, but never husband and wife. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, cool. And we're going to get into all that today because I think you guys have a really cool angle as far as just talking about um, you know healthy sexuality in a faith context. Uh, but then that, that neat emphasis on kind of dating, on relationships, um, that whole portion. So we're going to get into all of that. But I want to awesome. just go further back. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how um i stand at the door started what what sparked an interest to kind of delve into this field of work to begin with yeah so i
1: and we can get into this as much as you want but i struggled with porn for about 10 years from the time i was 13 to about when i was 23 and um you know i after you know i finally got some semblance of recovery and i felt like i had kind of tackled the problem. Um, I kept going to, like, group sessions, right? I kept going to, like, 12 – they're kind of, like, modified 12-step program type thing, but just for por- pornography. And um, I kept going to these meetings, and uh, it was right after COVID that I started going to them again, and there was, like, nobody there. And I was just, like it, – it just – it came to me that it was, like, how frustrating would it have been to have, you know, gotten some recovery going, gotten better at it, and then had COVID happen, have everything that, you know, you use to help you stay um, on the path taken from you and to cope, and then have that taken from you and then be stuck in your house with nothing but your devices. And I just thought about how difficult that must have been for for guys. And I was glad that I had already had a handle on it before then. And so... um, I came home to my wife and I was like, babe, I just feel like we need to we need to have some sort of resource that guys can turn to, um, guys and girls uh, can turn to, to, you know, help them along during this difficult time. And yeah. so we just started one a week and uh, I think we have 53 episodes now. And um, it's been an awesome way for us to uh, just connect with others and to be able to share uh not only in my recovery, but, you know, Savannah's perspective on everything and as well as just our faith in Jesus Christ.
2: Right. And I'll just add that Hayden's also a United States Marine. And so a lot of what he talks about is like comparing things to like strategy and like we're in this war against the adversary and um, and yeah, we tie our faith into this so much and point people towards the savior to help in recovery. And so, um, it's been cool for me to learn all of these analogies and all of these like <laughs> strategies that my husband used, but also like you said, for me to share my perspective as well.
0: Yeah. I love that. I didn't know that about you either Hayden until I read the bio you guys submitted for the interview. Um, but I think, I think that adds a whole nother level of respect for me because We have lots of clients who are in the military, um, you know, in different divisions and stuff. And I know it's a really hard go like that. That's a very tough, tough environment. Um, And I mean, you're talking about the the isolation that Covid caused and the distress, the high pressure environments, people can't pay their bills and whatever. It's not all Mm -hmm. the same stresses in the uh, in the army, rather. But it's like I mean, we're still talking about intense uh, pressure. You're in a bit of like a boys club. Um, there's certain expectations and whatever else. And man, I just have so much respect for guys who are willing to even pursue some some degree of freedom and purity in those kinds of environments as well. So that, that's really cool, man. And thanks thanks for your service and for all you're doing. Yeah, for sure.
1: No, I, I can, yeah, attest to the fact that I love Marines. I love the Marine Corps, but they're, a lot of them are disgusting people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the sense yeah. of like, It's like a a immorality, like in sense of like when I was going through the School of Infantry, you know, sharing porn videos with each other, like they kept like a a bottle of lotion outside of the bathroom for guys like as they would walk in. Like it was just it was so which for me was kind of like a crucible, you know, because I was away from my wife. I'd been away from my wife for six months, Um, obviously no sexual contact or anything like that. And I had my phone and all, it was an environment where, you know, pornography was encouraged like to the fullest degree. And so it really was a, a good opportunity for me to really put my, um, my recovery to the test, I guess.
0: No kidding. And, and no kidding. It, it was
1: after, it was after my training that I got home and, and COVID had already hit six months prior. And that's when I kind of had this realization that, you know, so these guys have really, really been hit hard with covid when it comes to recovery
0: wow yeah that's really cool um i do want to hear about your story hayden but i think i think we'll get into it when we start talking about the relationship dynamics between the two of you because i think that's something I, i really want to double down on with you guys but um before we get there i know faith is a huge part of what you guys do and who you are um it was certainly one of the things that really drew me to you guys even during the interview uh your faith is so strong and it's um, it's clearly a part of your mission. You know, I know that you guys are not just doing this for the sake of morality or, or um, ethic values. Uh, this is really there's a huge faith component. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that. Have you guys um, have you been devoted uh, to your faith from a young age? Was this just uh, kind of the way things were and you've taken it into adulthood or um, was there a journey? I'm, I'm just a little bit curious and wondering if you can detail a little bit. How did you reach this place where faith is such an integral part of your lives?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll go first. Um, so I was raised in a small town in Illinois with a family of two great parents and six kids. And so we were very strong in our faith um, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And a
1: lot of us know, as more, know us as Mormons. Yeah, sure. you may have heard yeah. us
2: as Mormons or LDS. So, yeah, um, yeah. so I... I think I'm unique in this, but it was always just very easy for me to have faith in God and in Jesus Christ. Hmm. Um, I attended like a seminary program in high school. It was like an early morning class that we did every day as a little group. Um, I just loved, I loved learning. I loved feeling close to God and then um, went to college. I I served a mission. I was a missionary for 18 months in Las Vegas. And I feel like it was there that I really learned how to hear God communicating with me and so um, my faith really solidified there, and I really felt like I, um, like I said, I was able to communicate with God so much more, and, and that really was a key point in, like, learning about Hayden's pornography use, and what am I going to do about this, and how can I change my beliefs and perspective about this, and, and really be a strength to him, and so, um, so yeah, that faith, really has been a huge part of my life and our relationship, our marriage. And we still, I mean, we have a six month old baby and we are raising him in the gospel as well. So it's always been a huge part of my life and Hayden's as well.
1: Yeah. And I, I definitely, similar to Savannah, I never had, I never ever doubted that there was a God or didn't believe in, in heavenly father Christ. And, but one thing that I did struggle with I did not believe that I was the type of person that could live up to the ideals that that they set, that Jesus Christ set. So in high school, you know, I kind of, you know, went down strange paths. I guess you could say I, I kind of went off the path. And um, it wasn't until my senior year that I really, uh, you know, tested the scriptures. I tested the Word of God. I, I started to read that more often. I I was deciding whether or not I wanted to serve a mission um, for the church. And, uh, and it was in that struggle that I really felt like I, I recognized that I could live up to those ideals that even though it, I couldn't do it right now, that mm-hmm. as I continued to repent and I continued to strive, uh, to be more like Christ that I would eventually start to change. And so I went and I served a mission in Budapest, Hungary, um, for two years. And it was a uh, an incredible experience, definitely changed my heart. I saw miracle after miracle. I saw um, people repent, uh, which it's my favorite thing. That's why I love doing this podcast. I love repentance. Like it's, it's the, it's the coolest thing ever. And I think within Christianity, a lot of times repentance is like synonymous with punishment, you know, like we have to punish ourselves for our sins, but no repentance is the way away from the punishment. The the punishment for our sins is alienation from God. It's yeah. it's not feeling at one with, you know, the the natural law of the universe, right? And so, uh, repentance has just been been awesome. And when we started this podcast, we titled it "I Stand at the Door" because there's this famous uh, painting. It's in a lot of uh, LDS church buildings, but it's a it's a painting of Christ knocking on a door. But there's no door handle on the outside uh, meaning that it's it's up to us to let him in and it's kind of a play on uh revelations 319. um and so i've always thought like what is it that keeps us from letting christ into our lives and in in my experience it's that we have a messy house and we don't want to let such an important guest into such a messy place and so we we trick ourselves into thinking that we can fix our lives on our own, that we can, but really all we can do is reorganize the trash in our house. And I, I would wish I could get another version of this painting made that's a little zoomed out and shows just a bunch of cleaning supplies behind the savior because he didn't show up for you, you to wine and dine him. He showed up to help you clean your house. That's why he's there. And yeah. so our whole the whole purpose of our podcast is to hopefully get rid of the shame um, surrounding having a messy house and, and encouraging people to let the savior into their lives. And, and that looks, um, that looks different in a lot of ways. So,
0: yeah, that's really powerful, really powerful imagery. And, um, and I think it's really cool. Once you get into people's faith journey, you realize like no two journeys are the same. It's just amazing Mm -hmm. how God works and how he, you know, he endears us to him in, in so many different ways. Um, uh what i was really excited about you guys being on the podcast uh specifically is that we can talk about um i guess these three strands so we kind of have like overcoming porn addiction we have Mm -hmm. dealing with it in the context of a relationship and then the faith component as well so i feel like we have a little bit of a foundation now and we can kind of try to um intertwine these things a little bit we'll see how we do here um so hayden we're going to go back to your story now so you had um you had an addiction that started when you were 13 and then um, you kind of progressed, you tested your faith a little bit, as you said. And then when you when you kind of, I guess, committed your life or or you really made that decision like that Jesus is Lord and, and you're going to let him be Lord of your life, um, were you still struggling with pornography at the time? Or where? how did those two things play into each other?
1: Yeah, so just a little uh, background. So I was 13 years old when I first looked it up. Um, and like I saw like a hardcore pornographic video and it scared me. Like I immediately turned it off. Like I had no idea what I just saw. Like it's, it really scared me hmm. and I knew it was wrong, but after a while it went from scary to enticing and the images, like I, I can still not so much anymore, which is actually, I think a testament to recovery, but for a long time I could remember the details of that image. It was like burned it was like seared into my mind. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I actually, like, that was like, I haven't tried to, like, think about that image for a while, and I I, I haven't, I can't think about it anymore, which is actually pretty cool. That's Sorry, awesome. uh, but. Um, <laughs> no, you have your moment, man, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, it was, it, so as time went on, though, I knew this was wrong, and I, I just, I wanted to hide it. I didn't want to tell anyone about it. I didn't want to seek help. And, you know, one thing that is awesome about having a church and having a church community is. Is seeking help from, I guess, priesthood leaders and and church leaders when you're struggling with certain sins, right? And so, you know, some people think that confession is like this tattletailing on yourself, and it's, it's like this weird thing. But really, what it is is it's it's a testimony of faith, saying, saying, I am this way, I want to be this way, and I need some help. Can you help me? And that's what confession is. And and I didn't want to do that, and so I I just hit it and hit it all the way until. I left on my mission and it was on my mission that I finally uh, it was just a couple weeks in where, you know, I wasn't struggling with porn mostly because I didn't have access to the same technology. I was never alone. And I was engaged in, you know, teaching the gospel all day, but yeah. I still felt like I needed to share this burden with someone. And so I finally shared it um, with a church leader and it just, it was a meet imme- this immediate relief of just like, I'm not alone in this anymore i don't have to hide this and so that was the first time that like i i weighed the consequences of like destroying this that this this image that i thought that i had about myself right like i wanted to put this you know this perfect image across and i was just like well this problem is way bigger than my my vanity i guess and so i <laughs> I finally shared it and it, it was awesome. And I, for those two years, um, I didn't struggle with porn at all. Like I didn't, um, I, I, I was with someone 24 seven though, uh, cause you're with a companion the whole time. I had limited access to technology and I was engaged in awesome service for two years. And so, you know, I thought that I fixed the problem. Um, and then when I got home from my mission, and this is actually pretty common with a lot of uh, LDS missionaries who struggle with porn. You you get home and you get back into life and you're not in such a rigid schedule and you're not engaged in this incredibly fulfilling work all the time anymore and I found myself uh looking for porn again about 3 months after but this time was different cuz I immediately see, sought help. And what um, help did you see at what this? See? I I sought the help of of a church leader. Um and I just I just I just told him my history. I was like, this has been a part of my history. I've been good because of my mission, but like I don't want this to be in my life anymore. And I just I asked for advice, um, you know, and you know, he just he shared some good things with me, but it was frustrating because it kept getting worse and worse despite my open and honest take on it. And uh, what I learned is that I had to learn how to not look at porn but in the real world, like as a missionary, it's very much not the real world. And so, and that's what this is. And I think a lot of times one of the mistakes we make when we talk about chastity or about sexual purity is we talk about it as if we were chaste or we were sexually pure and then we weren't like we messed up and like Mm. that, but sexual purity is something that you learn chastity is something that you learn you you aren't born with it inherently because mm-hmm. you know an eight-year-old kid a seven-year-old kid isn't you know being pulled in all these directions because of sexual urges or young kids right and so it's not like this thing that is inherent with you but it's it's you start getting these urges these pulls, and you have to learn to be chased and learning mm-hmm. requires failure and and messing up um, but it also require requires honesty and persistence. And so um, over three years, uh, despite, you know, you know, my constant faith in Christ and and my uh, hard work, I still relapsed. I still messed up. Um, but eventually, slowly, as I continue to put my faith in good things and and to work hard and to be honest and, to do, you know, I even. Started to see a therapist and it I I invoked all the tools that I could Um, I finally was able to kind of get I was able to get a hold of it. So
0: that's amazing. So that's That's a cool journey. And I I really commend you because I think um, a lot of people don't even have the presence of mind to reach out and mm. I think it can be a pretty shame inducing experience. I actually had a very similar experience like I went to ministry school lived in a bit of a bubble for about a year and a half and had no struggles at all and kind of convinced myself that like that was it. It was a thing of the past Yeah. and then had a very harsh encounter with reality when I left and relapsed again and had to figure it out. So I I really resonate. Um, Savannah, I'm wondering for you before you had met Hayden, um, had you dated before that and did you did you think that maybe you would end up with someone who had a past like this, like do girls have that understanding of how prevalent it is or or were you going in green and and maybe not really aware that this was such a major issue with guys?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And I can only speak for myself and my own experiences, but I kind of felt like growing up, I developed this mindset that porn was one of those like big red X sins and that I should make sure to never marry someone who had ever struggled with pornography. (laughs) And I don't say that like anyone taught me that, but I think it was just the way that I kind of viewed it. And had absorbed information about it and um, porn will ruin your marriage. So make sure that you avoid that. That's like the total deal breaker, you know? Yeah. And of course, as I got older and I went to college, um, I did have several relationships in college. And um, one of them really like I found out later on that he had struggled with pornography and that was a really unhealthy relationship um there was a lot of like manipulation and some abuse and um i feel like that solidified for me that porn is like zero tolerance i can have zero tolerance for this because look what happened to me when this was a factor you know Mm. um and so i had had all of these really horrible like ideas reinforced in my mind and it was a very scary thing for me after that point um And really nobody that I had dated had ever been so open with me about pornography until I met Hayden. (laughs) And the interesting thing is he didn't tell me about it like he was so embarrassed. He told me about it as in like, like I have faith in Jesus Christ that look how he's helping me change. And, um, you know, he told me very early on in our relationship that he was attending these 12-step meetings to try and help him through this. And he was very confident in that. (laughs) And so... (laughs) um, it was really interesting and I don't know how much you want me to get into right now, how that affected our, our relationship and dating and engaged, but
0: yeah, uh, um, let me just, let me just ask something quick cause I do want to go there, but I'm, I'm just curious how did the subject come up uh, to begin with and how far into the relationship were you when that conversation started to happen?
2: I think it was like our fifth date, like it was okay. within the first month of us officially like being committed to each other. And, I remember we were just at a little soup and salad restaurant and i'm like hey what are you doing on thursday do you want to hang out and he's like oh i'm i'm going to one of these 12-step meetings because i've struggled with pornography in my life and so i'm working through that and it was just boom like easy we talked about it for a little bit longer and it was just a very like out there in the open honest comfortable topic which i had never really experienced before in a relationship
1: and if i can add like i i had already started, you know, speaking in church about it. Um, I had, I had been on, on the path, but I, I wasn't perfect by any means when I met yeah. Savannah, like I was still struggling with it. Um, and so I guess the principle I want to point out before she shares more about it is like this idea of, if, if you are on the path to recovery, you can be confident now right pornography does mess with your confidence when it comes to dating um but it's like you're on the road you might not be at the destination yet but you do know that if you keep stepping on that road you know the end you know the end of the story and so you can find confidence being on the path and walking in the right direction and and i had that at that point um, and, and it bred confidence in Savannah as well with something that she previously was scared about. Like you heard her past experiences. And so that's what I would share with guys is you don't, don't put up this facade. Don't be cavalier about like your pornography use, trying to justify it and kind of being like, it's not that big of a deal. Like that's, that's not the way, but the way is being, yeah, I've struggled with porn for, you know, X amount of time. And, uh, I I've really, I'm, I'm involved with, you know, this awesome, uh, program i'm i'm working on it this way i've made these sort of changes and i'm, I'm starting to get better but i'm not perfect yet but yeah. I, i'm super excited for the day that i am that i i'm able to overcome this and that's a c- completely different conversation uh than saying yeah i struggle with porn and yeah it's been really hard and just kind of leaving it like that or like yeah it's not that big of a deal like all my buddies look at porn and you know i try to stop but it's kind of like really hard or whatever <laughs> you know well yeah, and i'll yeah.
2: add That conversation that we had didn't scare me, but it actually helped me trust Hayden because I saw like, oh, he's willing to be open and honest with me about this. And so even like future encounters with pornography, like that hit my brain. And I'm like, I think he's going to keep being open and honest with me. Like he seems like that kind of person because that conversation struck me to be like. That was a good example of who hayden paul was you know that he was trying to become better as well which was attractive to me
0: that is amazing so this is really helpful because i think hayden what you're saying really helps guys who maybe are on that journey and maybe are putting pressure on themselves to like have this thing perfectly figured out before they ask a girl out or anything and i love what you said you can be confident now as long as you're on that journey like You don't have to be at the destination, but if you're on the journey, there's confidence there. And it sounds like you were not faking it, like you legitimately had that confidence of like, this is where I'm at, this is my situation, I'm not gonna be hidden about it. And I love how how it seems like you brought up very matter-of-factly, like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of came up in the conversation. And Savannah, thanks for sharing that as well, because I think that debunks what a lot of guys would be fearful of, which is that, what are they gonna think of me if they know that about my past? um but it's a little bit counterintuitive because as you're saying the more hidden you are then when it gets uncovered there's all these questions around trust and what was really going on but if you're upfront about it you kind of demystify all that and you give people a chance or you give the other person a chance rather to just trust you you know and and to continue that dialogue it's really really powerful so i'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about after like when you so you have this conversation um savannah you have this previous experience with a guy who also struggled with porn but it was very clear that like um it had a very damaging effect on him and ultimately the way he treated you so were you going back did you have any i guess concerns after hayden shared or was this different enough that you're like okay i know i have that experience from the past but i think i think this is okay like well i don't know i'm just wondering like was it sounding any alarm bells or were you were you feeling pretty good at that point after that conversation
2: yeah so i definitely felt different I felt more peaceful about it with Hayden, um, but we did have an experience while we were engaged when Hayden called me and we lived like an hour apart. So we talked on the phone a lot and he called me one night and we had just had this long talk and I could tell that he was just kind of uncomfortable. And so I asked if he wanted to talk about anything before we hung up. And he told me that he had had a relapse with pornography that day and that he knew that he needed to tell me. Wow. And. That was the first time that there'd been a slip up within our relationship, um, and so I—I I mean, like you said, I yes, there were alarm bells still going off in my mind. Sure,
0: yeah, of course. I was, I
2: was really scared just because of that like history that I had had, but I didn't know what to do moving forward. I just—I didn't know still if if this was like a big red flag and I need to break up with him and we shouldn't get married, or if I should like use this forgiving nature that I feel like God has given me to bless his life in this. And I just was very, very, very like scared and confused and, and just worried about it. And so,
0: Hmm.
2: um, for me, that is where my faith came in really hard and my relationship with God, that personal one-on-one connection that I have with God. Um, that was like the solution for me. And so I, I told Hayden, I need to call you back Thank you for telling me, and we hung up. And I Whoa, immediately. was it? Was,
0: was it a, was it abrupt? I'm just curious. Was it was it abrupt like that? Like you, you just said, I have to process it. Thanks for letting me know, kind of thing.
2: Was it? I think I remember. I
0: I remember it, it being kind of like, oh well, thank you for
1: telling me. Um, and it was just kind of quiet. And then she's like, "Can I call you back?"
0: And it was okay. just kind of like,
1: "Yeah, totally." They Call me back. And and you weren't and, freaking out, Hayden. No, I wasn't freaking out because like. I don't know like i just the way i look at all of this and i'm kind of a like he doesn't really
2: worry about anything. i don't worry about a lot of
1: things because <laughs> i just i feel like my faith here's the thing i know what i was looking for in a wife was someone that was not only willing to repent but was willing to let me repent you know and so right. at the end of the day if i'm being open and honest like i He's done his part. Like that's it. Like that's it. And if 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 for some reason it wasn't enough for her and she would just wanted to go, then it was like, oh, awesome. Then that's not the right one. Like that's how I look at life. Like wow. I I I have full faith. I had full faith back then that there was a woman for me, and it was Savannah. It is Savannah. Um, but I just had faith. Like I just didn't worry about it. I don't I don't know why. It's just like a part of my. I'm okay with uncertainty.
0: No, that's great. There's lots to learn from that. So so Savannah, you you ask if you can kind of call him back, think about it. What happened after that?
2: Yeah, so I immediately got on my knees and and said a prayer and I was willing to change my perspective on this. I think that's a key component. I was willing to learn and to seek counsel from God. And sometimes I hesitate to share my experiences and my answer that I got, because I don't want people listening to think that this is a one size fits all solution. Um, But for me, I got an answer from God that was very, um, it was very specific to me and Hayden. And he said, you know, I know that your forgiving nature has kind of screwed you over in the past, (laughs) but for (laughs) this, with Hayden, with this man, I need you to use that gift that I've given you and be a support to him.
0: And continue
2: the relationship and and continue learning and and i still in that moment i still had thoughts like well am i not sexy enough like at that point we weren't having sex we waited until we were married to have sex and i'm like well what about when we do get married and we start having this sexual relationship like will he compare my body to other women will he think that i'm not measuring up to this like standard that has been created in his mind and And all of these thoughts, all of these insecurities that I had, I talked to Hayden about, which I think is important, but I talked to God about, and I would take the things that Hayden told me when he's like, no, that's not the reason I looked at porn. And I would take that to God and say, is that true? Like, can I believe him in this? Because I really want to, you know? And so um, it took time and it took like lots of faith and prayer and humility and willingness to accept the answer. But I have been able to change the way that I look at this. And mm. I really think that that experience has brought us closer as a couple because of our both of our willingness to repent and to change our view and to love each other.
1: That's so.
0: incredible, um, man. I'm really taking that in because you guys are really you're actually you're changing that definition of repentance because I think, Hayden, for you, it's, it's kind of obvious that there would be some repentance necessary just given what you were working mm-hmm. through. But Savannah, yep. what you're saying is that actually what you did was also repentance because you're changing your thinking and the way that you're viewing Hayden and the situation at large. Super powerful. And I'm, I'm so glad you share that because I I mean, we have a, a small percentage of listeners who are women and, um, you know, some of them have reached out. And I think I, I always tell them, like, if you are feeling insecure because your husband's watching porn, you feel like something might be wrong with you. Are you good enough? Whatever else. For starters. It would be weird if you didn't have those feelings like that is a natural right. response to that. Um, right. But then I, I love the way you kind of um, just provided the practical way of dealing with it, which is that um, you don't want to put it back on the other person for like causing it. You want to go to God, the only person who can actually properly resolve your insecurities anyway. That right. is really profound. So thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so then did, did you go back to Hayden after you know, processing it with God? What did that look like?
2: Yeah. So I actually don't remember how the rest of the phone call went because I think I did call you back.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, we we
1: talked, talked after and uh she um she asked a few questions. Um I can't even remember what they like, were. I don't
2: remember any specifics about that one. But
1: um but what I do remember is that like I was so grateful. Um I was grateful that I was honest with her because I kind of felt like you know, previously, this was after we were engaged, you know, if we were dating and this happened, I I, I don't know if I would have shared it with her because, but I knew that because she was my wife, like I would have shared it with someone. I would have shared it with my accountability partner. I probably would have shared it with my priesthood leader, like, and I would have shared it with God, obviously. Um, But because i had made that commitment to her and we were engaged, I, I knew that like she, she, it goes, it goes God, her, and then accountability partner, whoever, whatever. And so I knew that uh, I needed to share that with her. And it was, it was really affirming for our relationship. And, you know, I, I really believe that a lot of times when it comes to marriage, we're looking for someone who is perfect. We're looking for someone who, who equals these, these things that we've, we've created this, this mold that we've created, but really the most important thing is you're looking for someone who is willing to repent and someone who is willing to let you repent to change to become better and and humility i guess is is what that would be um and and i i was grateful that i was able to see that in her and and then you know a couple like a month or two later we were
0: married mm-hmm. wow it's yeah. amazing guys so then um like Hayden, was that the final relapse for you? Did did you have any more after that? And I, I guess I'm just curious. Like, when when was it that you kind of reached that point where you're like, okay, I think I've I think I've legitimately turned the corner here, and this is now a thing of the past. Yeah,
1: well, I started when I started 2020. It was interesting, like, because you know, when you're trying to overcome this, you come up with all these like arbitrary like start start dates. You know, where it's like this is the last day. Like, I'm yeah. done. Like. <laughs> and you but you you say it you know like I'm not I'm not gonna look at porn this year like your birthday comes around and you're like this is the last like this is the first year that I'm not gonna look at porn but you never actually like truly believe it like there's always this like but what if you do but I remember when I started 2020 I was just like no this is like I'm gonna go 2020 without looking at porn like I just I knew it and I felt this confidence and you know I went through 2020 and uh, you know 2021 at the beginning of the year it was like kind of a stressful period of time I had some experiences with work that um kind of brought up some of the old things and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I remember I had a conversation with savannah though mm-hmm. and I told her like hey I've been feeling like an extra pull, uh towards pornography lately um you know there was also a time where someone like through facebook like sent a bunch of porn to me like in, in messenger oh, wow. which was, cuz during that time we were getting tons of messages about our podcast about people saying thank you and so i got like this message from someone i didn't know and i was like oh it's probably someone and it was the exact opposite someone had just sent a bunch of porn and so i remember i told that to her and so i i had been open and honest with her with you know filling the draw because i'm i'm under no illusions that like i'm not going to be under attack again like that's one thing you learn in the Marine Corps. And I'd love to be able to share a couple of the lessons I've learned in the Marine Corps when it comes to this, cause they're, they're very relevant, but the enemy, once you take the enemy's position, you don't, you don't just set up a picnic and you're like, I won the war or whatever. Right? Like, no, you set up security and you set up watches and you have people constantly watching because the enemy's going to come back. You, t- you took something that was theirs. You took their, their mm-hmm. stronghold and they're going to be back. And so, yeah uh, we should never slip into this, this, uh, you know, false comfortability that, that the battle's over and we've won the war.
0: That's really good. Really good. Okay. Um, so then I guess I'm curious, like, uh, going into the marriage, then what are things that you guys have done? Um, like I just expand on it. Like what are some of the defenses you've put up to protect that territory? Because I think when you're married, like, I mean, Hayden, it, it will continue to be your responsibility, but, um, you know, the nature of a covenant with one another is you guys get to defend this territory together now. Um, mm-hmm. It's very clear that, like, transparency is certainly at the center of what you guys are doing, but I'm just wondering if um, you can give some practical things that you guys are doing to, you know, to defend that territory and to really, um, you know, keep things pure between the two of you.
1: Yeah. Well, a few, so a lot of them were, have to do with, um just the habits that got me out like the little micro habits i'm a huge believer so if someone wants to overcome this issue implement micro habits so things that are so easy to do every single day that even on your worst of days you can do them right Mm -hmm. you know so like a few of my micro habits was saying one at least one prayer day um i try to do i i do usually do two morning night and then i pray throughout the day but i knew that on my worst of days i could at least say one prayer um you know, getting in the scriptures and reading to something every single day. Um, I knew that on my worst of days I could do that. Another one, which I should, I should kind of I I I kind of slipped on this one, I guess, but we have this thing um uh called indexing. I, I really believe that family history, it's kind of interesting, but family history is something that's very valuable in this fight. Um it, it sounds really funny, but I really believe that there's a lot of things that we can learn from our histories like our family histories that are very valuable and so you know there's a thing called indexing and it's where you take old records um, that have been scanned and then you digitize them and you help do that and so on familyhistory.org I would I would digitize one name a day from a record and what it did I knew that I was serving someone because someone would be even though it wasn't my family member necessarily but I knew it was someone's family and that if they were ever looking and they wanted to look at their family history that they would now be able to search for them digitally and it, it sounds really funny but what I saw from that was I was using technology which had been used to rot and canker my soul um, to build my soul and to hopefully help someone else it was a way of service. Wow. Pornography is very inward and it's very it's me 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 but when you're indexing it's all about the person on the screen and and whoever their family is right and so that was very helpful, and so I would index one name a day, and I knew on the worst days I could do that. And so another micro habit that I that I've kept up is uh, charging my phone outside of my room. Like, that's good. Here's the thing: this was like one of the most helpful things because my my time of vulnerability was in the morning and at nights. Like a lot of dudes, like if I woke up in the morning and I didn't have something to do right away, and I'd like roll over, get on my phone, get on Instagram. Uh, like without being too graphic, usually <laughs> you wake up already with uh, some sort of like yeah, uh, motivation, morning, but, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so it, it, everything's kind of working against you. And so I bought an, a, a freaking alarm clock. They still sell alarm clocks, guys. Like, I promise you. So I bought an alarm clock and I just used that because that was the thing. It was like, well, I need my alarm on my phone. And it's like, no, they still make alarm clocks, bro. Charge yeah. your phone in the kitchen. <laughs> you get an alarm clock. And start your day out without looking at your phone. And so that was, that's something that I've, I've kept up as well. And, you know, within our marriage, I think, I think one of our good qualities is that we are good at communication. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had arguments before and they can be heated, but we've never divulged to name calling or cheap shots or anything like that. And so I think yeah. that's also yeah. really important.
2: Well, and I want to add to the communication aspect and just kind of back up a little bit in our story where like after Hayden had his relapse in his engagement, I had a day where I wrote down all of the things that I was feeling and all of the insecurities that I had and all of the things that I was learning from God. And I remember he came over one night and we were just sitting in my living room and I'm like, I want to talk to you about this. And so I just kind of word vomited everything that I was feeling about it. And it wasn't like, I want you to know how this affected me so that you never do it again. It wasn't like a, like a that, (laughs) but it was, it was like, I want to be as open with you as you've been with me. And so that has always been, I mean, Hayden was patient with me in that way and working through those things. And I was trying my best to be patient with him as he was still working through his pornography. And so it was like, just having that vulnerability on both sides has been really good just in our marriage in general with this issue or not, but that, you know, two people who are patient and two people who are willing to just like be open with one another, that is so important. And I, like you emphasize the, the normalness of those thoughts and insecurities on like the partner's end. Right. Yeah. And so, For, for both people to know that and for both people to have that openness, I think is really important.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I imagine for, for Hayden, and may, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I imagine it would be powerful to hear the other person just expressing um, their response, you know, like the feelings and the thoughts and everything that comes with it. Because one of the biggest lies that um, a lot of porn viewers buy into is that it's only affecting me. And I don't know if people actually believe that at their core, but they certainly use it to justify viewing in the moment. And I think um, those kinds of conversations are really powerful just to bring that awareness of like, oh, my gosh, there's other people who are literally directly affected by my decisions. Um, Savannah, I want to just ask a follow up, which is um, what has it been like on the other side of marriage now to work through some of those? insecurities or just, I guess, some of those things that could have been lingering, because obviously it's been a good chunk of time now, Um, Mm -hmm. of course, like I think marriage, like your relationship just grows at a whole nother level compared to engagement or dating. Um, Are those things that you still had to work through and what does that look like? Or um, are you at a place now where maybe, you know, those things are kind of put to rest? I'm just curious, where where are things at with that now?
2: Yeah, I would say for the most part, I feel very confident in Hayden's recovery and I feel confident in my own ability to cope if something were to happen again. That's Um, good. I do feel like sometimes those insecurities do pop up again for me, not necessarily because of his pornography use in the past, but because of my own brain and my own insecurities anyway. Sure. Um, Sure. But I also do think um, there's something to be said about healthy marital intimacy. And Hayden and I have talked a lot about this, how that and pornography sometimes, like, almost feel the same in your brain. Like when you think about it, it's like, well, it's taking this thing and just twisting it to be something that's, that's negative and something that's you know, dark, but they're actually completely different things. And hmm. so for me to think that my husband is, is thinking about pornography while we're having sex or something like that, it's just not, it doesn't actually work. And I've talked to him about those thoughts that I've had, you know, that, um, Like, do you think about that? Or or is this the same thing in your head? And it's because like the intimacy that we share is something that's sacred and pure. And it's the most sacred and pure light thing in the world. Like there's Mm. nothing that compares. And so pornography can't ever hold a candle to that. It's the opposite. It's a dark thing. And it's, it's maybe looks the same on the surface, but it's not. It's completely different. The intent and the spirit behind it. is like, God is not there in the pornography. Mm -hmm. God is there in the intimacy, you know? And so that's been kind of healing for me to say, Oh, we do have this special connection that is emotional and spiritual that, that can't be touched by anything outside, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's been really um, like validating and healing for me as well.
1: And I think a big part of that, because I know, I know like we're in a different situation because we didn't start having our our sexual relationship until after I had had a hold on it really well. Mm -hmm. And so I do know that, you know, there are guys who like, if you're really into porn, like it can be hard to even be aroused sometimes from actual healthy intimacy. So you have to kind of have like this, this rehab period, right. Where you're, you're away from porn and then, then that comes back. And so it really is kind of a pornography is a suppressant for sexuality. Like it sounds crazy, but it actually suppresses your real sexual nature, which mm. I, I can't remember. I think I was at like the Utah Coalition Against Pornography Conference or something like this a, a while ago. But they talked about the word intimacy. And like I, I all, every single time I hear the word, I think about it this way. And it's into me you see. Like intimacy mm-hmm. isn't a fici- uh, a physical action, but it's like seeing the other person, like inside the other person in the sense of like, like, like their all soul. that they are, their soul, you know? And, and so there is this, there is a healing nature to physical intimacy. And, you know, depending on where you're at with your pornography, you might have to have a rehab period where you distance yourself from pornography. Maybe you have to distance yourself a little bit from physical intimacy until you can kind of have that separation. But once you have that separation, like physical intimacy is so, and, and true intimacy is so healing um, and it's such a positive experience. I think of it, the difference between pornography and true intimacy um, is the difference between eating like a Thanksgiving dinner and eating and chewing gum. You know, one of them, you know, that they're, they're both chewing. They both use the same part of your body, right? Your mouth. And, but one of them provides you with nutrition. It gives you life. And the other one, is just a flavor that will wear out and eventually you'll have to spit it out and put in a new piece. And if you d- replace eating food with just chewing gum, eventually you're gonna die. And that's that's exactly what it is like with pornography and with true physical intimacy. Physical intimacy is the greatest gift that God has given us to be able to be bonded with someone and to experience creation, not only creation of life, you know, that we see in our son, but creation of of a bond of like, mm-hmm. of one being, and it it's it really is amazing. And so for anyone who is married that is listening and maybe pornography is affecting your physical intimacy, like keep working at it and and start to recognize that a lot of times your pornography predated your physical intimacy. And so it's not a replacement. You can't replace something that didn't exist when it started. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's yeah. another good thing for spouses to understand like when i was 13 years old and i started looking at porn like savannah wasn't even in my mind like a physical relationship was not even in my purview right and so like this it's something different it is something different but it, it will affect your your relationship if you don't if you don't take care of it properly
0: yeah that's Sorry, really that powerful was- No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That was really good. Really good. So, okay, a follow up question to that. um, And then maybe we'll start to kind of wrap it up. But I guess I'm curious, um, in sort of the vein of transparency and intimacy, I think one of the things my wife and I have had to improve on, and I think we got married around the same time. We were September 2019. um, So it's just a couple of years for us that we've been together. Um, Mm -hmm. But we've had to really work on, I would just say, having open conversations about sex. So before we got married, it was like having open, open conversations for me about when I felt tempted and learning to just ha- be proactive and dialogue before it became a mistake or something worse. On the other side, it's been, I think, more just kind of building that muscle of like talking about sex, having those conversations and, and being, uh, just being vulnerable with each other and transparent and um, knowing that the more you talk about it, the, the better it's gonna get. You just, like anything, you have to have that feedback to make adjustments and whatever along the way. I'm curious if that factors in for you guys as well. Do you, do you find that to be beneficial? And how do you, um, how do you, I guess, just guard that part of your life? um, Keeping in mind, you know, your faith and some of the godly principles and also, you know, keeping in mind uh, the fact that you're also trying to, you know, keep pornography and lust and all those kinds of things out of the marriage bed. Um, What does that specific area look like? Do you guys have any practices? Do you have conversations about it? I'm just, I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what, what you guys are doing in that area.
2: Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's like structured. I just feel like we have this kind of like open ability anyway to talk about those things. Um, Like I, I teach the young women at church. That's like my calling at church right now. And so I just recently was preparing a lesson about, about marriage. And so Hayden and I like had had this conversation in the weeks leading up, like, like, what does our marriage look like? And we're reading all of these things about marriage and we're reading all these things about intimacy and, So it's like, I like doing that because I'm such an emotional person. Like, I love talking about our relationship and I do love talking about sex with Hayden. Like, I feel like it's beneficial for our marriage. Um, Also in like ways of like, how can we better serve each other? You know, like that can be like a take on it. But um, I don't know, you're smiling. Like, what are you thinking about right now?
0: (laughs) I just thought it sounded
1: funny. I don't know if I should share it. Uh, But the thing is, is like, um, she's definitely more of like a driving force and wanting to talk about it. Um, and like, I, I'm trying to be just more willing, like sometimes like as guys we're so simple that it's like, what do you feel? What do you think about this? You are like good, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking. It's like, sometimes like what one, <laughs> one, uh, lesson that I would share that, uh, I think is useful for guys. I learned it very recently is after you have like some sort of physically intimate moment and you're like with each other and she asks like what you're thinking cuz usually i'm thinking about super <laughs> random stuff like the last or he's time he's
2: like falling asleep
1: the last time the last time she asked that it, i was like what did, what did i talk about like something about like about a,
2: like mushrooms spoilers, <laughs> I guess,
1: mushrooms like, nice what about nice. mushrooms like I, I can't remember exactly what i was
2: and i told him i'm like no the answer is you i'm thinking yeah. about you right now and, <laughs> and then so, he changed and his and, answer
1: and, and, <laughs> and, and, so sometimes uh I'm uh, yeah. So like there's just funny things when it comes to and I think being open and honest and having that that uh, that recognition that men and women are different. And yeah. like for men, it can be a lot more of like a like sexuality can be a lot. Sexual intimacy can be like a it's awesome. Like up, leading up to it. And then once it happens, like a lot of times guys can just go like this like Hmm. rub their hands and then walk away and that like, that was it. But for my wife, I know that like that time after is super important and she's communicated that with me. Well, I think that's
2: pretty typical for most women as far as I understand is that it is such an emotional thing. And so we want to emotionally bond afterwards, you know? Uh And so it's, and talking about all of those things, I mean, I don't know that this relates a lot to pornography right now, but um, that, that like we learn what's going on in the other person's mind and we learn like how can I change to better help my spouse to feel loved? And so it's like a great, it's a great platform for that. Sex is a great platform for helping and changing and loving and learning. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's, it's very much yeah. like this, this give and take thing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I would say that's one of the fundamental differences between porn and, and physical intimacy is porn is take, take, take me, me, mm-hmm. me, where it can't be that way in a, in a true intimate relationship. Like it has to be about the other person. And so really physical intimacy is an awesome opportunity for men and women to recognize each other's differences, to practice patience, um, to practice love, um, and to practice selflessness. And so uh, I think think we do a pretty good job with it. And like, there still is like the funny, the funny things. And I think, you know, I I think it's important to have a good sense of humor in your relationship, (laughs) no matter what. And just recognize that men and women, like masculine men and feminine women, Are just different in so many ways like the way we look at the world what we want to do like another you're
2: laughing you get it (laughs) another
1: funny one is like for me to bond with savannah like how do guy friends bond together they go and do something together right they pick a task and they do it together how do women bond they sit across from each other and just talk for hours (laughs) right so (laughs) like recognizing that like she needs me to talk to her
2: and to look at me and to pay attention to me yeah and oh, yeah,
1: but i also yeah. need her just like
2: sit and read a book sit and read a book with
1: me or like
2: next to him. or You're watch it exactly.
1: watch a movie or go do something where i don't have to talk because i don't always want to talk you know and so there is just like give that recognition give and take and so
0: I guess that's my thoughts on that. Wow. <laughs> my wife is going to feel so validated from the last 10 minutes of this interview. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i any time we can chat about our husbands.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for real. She will probably take you up on that. That was amazing. That was like looking in a that's mirror almost. That's actually a big thing too.
1: Let, let women have girl time and let men have men time. Yeah, like true. we need that. And it's not like you don't go and talk behind each other's spouse and talk about how annoying it is, but like it's you important. Feel validated. It's important to have like that that time. And it's funny, like sometimes I got to, I'll tell my buddy something and be like, dude, right? Like <laughs> seriously. And you're just like, oh, okay. And it's actually good because then you don't think you're married to a crazy person. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because it, then you realize, oh, all all women are crazy or all men are crazy (laughs) or or that you're the
0: crazy person yeah crazy one yeah you know
2: (laughs) well and then you can get advice on how to fix it as well yes you can learn from others and how to fix the problem yeah
0: yeah Yeah. that's so funny like uh we're in jamaica right so my my wife and i have been trying Uh to find ways to just get involved in communities a bit and some of it has involved playing sports which like as you stated hayden that's like that's how guys Uh connect and bond right so we went and yeah. played Ultimate Frisbee with... It was a co-ed group, and, like, we are we come home after, and I literally could not stop smiling. Like, I would have to force uh-huh. my muscles to not smile. I was so happy just to, like, uh-huh. bond with other guys by playing sports. And my uh-huh. wife is just like what, is, like, what are you so happy about? <laughs> and I was like, it just felt good to play sports. And she's like, what? Yeah. Like, that's it? Oh, yeah. You know, she's, like, exhausted and, like, covered in sweat and, like, just thinking about yeah. how she needs a shower. And I'm like just ecstatic that I finally got to do something with other guys. So that dynamic is so <laughs> real. Funny. Yeah, it no, it's Lovely. for real. Okay, so I'm, I'm wondering if you guys can just, um, maybe to wrap up, um, I, I think the, the part for me that's really stood out about your story is just um, the transparency and some of the things you did early on when you were dating, like Hayden, just the boldness of like, yeah, this is my situation. I'm not gonna be ashamed about it. You were just very upfront. And the trust that it built, and then I think Savannah, the the awareness of sort of your past experiences, how they were playing in, and and you know just sorting through all of that and kind of working on that part together, because because now I see you guys have an incredible connection, but to me I'm like that's actually the fruit of what you guys did really early on, like in your dating relationship. So kudos to you. Um, somebody had asked me to ask this to you guys. Um, what. Like, Savannah, what is a girl looking for actually in a guy? If you had to kind of summarize it, um, I, I think most girls would at least have some awareness that pornography is a thing, that a lot of guys at some point struggle with it if they're not currently struggling with it. Um, I, I don't know. Are, are, are girls still expecting that to be not a thing? Uh, what are they looking for? And Hayden, I guess on the other side, I'm wondering if you have any maybe final tips or words of encouragement for guys out there who are feeling like, oh i really like this girl or um you know uh, they have a relationship but they haven't had that conversation yet and maybe they're concerned that you know if they do bring it up they're gonna lose it um or they're they're gonna lose people's respect they're they're gonna whatever not have a chance to make it work um i'm just wondering if you guys can maybe summarize and kind of give some final wisdom from both ends of your dating experience
2: yeah sure so if you wanna know what a woman wants, you have to ask the woman because we all want different <laughs> things. So I cannot summarize wow, what all women- Wow,
0: that is such a smart answer. Okay, nice That's actually well what played. they want.
1: That's well played. Played. what they want is for you to ask them. And then okay. when they say, I don't know, they want you to make a decision That's for them. actually
2: universally <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> wow, okay, that was gold. Uh, you, yeah, you got me, nice, well played.
2: <laughs> so as far as pornography goes, I have learned that the majority of men and some women have struggled with this at some point or another we yeah. are we are part of a community where we um we attend church we, we when we were dating hayden was part of like a like a young single adult congregation and was just made aware so many times of how many people actually struggled with pornography and so that was something that i learned was that oh and as as i've been talking to other friends and wives and um we're all just kind of Sometimes shocked is just how big this problem is. And I don't say that to be discouraging. I say that to say, look at how big this community is of people who understand. And also it gives us empathy for how hard the problem is. And for, um, I don't want to say lowering our standards at all. I don't want to say lower your standards because you're probably going to find someone that struggled with porn. I want to say change your perspective on your heart and the way that you can be forgiving and helpful. And it looks different for everybody. But the reality of the situation is that so many people struggle with this and they need our help and we can also learn and grow and become better women ourselves by trying to understand this problem more deeply. So as far as what women want (laughs) for me, I wanted somebody who was repenting in front of my eyes. I wanted somebody who could teach our children about the power of Jesus Christ because he had experienced it. And that was something that I came to learn throughout this process. I didn't know that that was what I wanted, but I found that I absolutely needed somebody who could live his life the way that God wanted him to live, including making mistakes and then trying to fix them in the best way that he could through Christ. And so I, like I said, I cannot speak for everyone, but that is, I think one of the most crucial and important things in any relationship is that you are willing to change that you are not expecting perfection out of each other, but that you are willing to turn to God. You are willing to turn to each other and to work through things together and have that openness. And so, um, honestly, like I will just share my testimony right now about Jesus Christ, because I have seen him change Hayden's heart over and over, but I have seen him change my heart so much, like Mm. over and over and over and over in so many different areas of my life in our marriage. And so, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a relationship with God, like, I don't know the reason. I just encourage you to try, try again because maybe this is the point where, where you need him in your recovery or you need him in your marriage or your relationship. And, um, I really can't emphasize that enough. So.
0: Yeah. It's powerful Savannah. Thanks. Of course.
1: So my final thoughts gonna be kind of a pump up i (laughs) what i want to share is you know the reason why you love sports so much the reason why men a lot of times like sports is because it's a semblance of our heritage of of being warriors Mm -hmm. um there there's a common there's an enemy right and there's you're trying to impose your will on the enemy right whether it's scoring a touchdown whether it's throwing that frisbee i i I think they call it a touchdown an ultimate frisbee i don't know what they call it (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, dunking on them, whatever it is, you're trying to impose your will on an enemy. And so there is this part. And it's interesting because right now we don't we live in pretty easy times. Um, And so we're very far removed from this need to be warriors. But throughout human history, and I'm not saying this is the right way. I I don't believe it's the right way. I believe that we morally we're in a way better place than we were, you know, two thousand years ago, um, in a lot of aspects. But you know, two thousand years ago, if you weren't a warrior, you you died a very you died very young, and you probably didn't spread your seed as well. You know, you didn't you didn't have a woman, Um, and so we what that means is that we have that warrior lineage within us. We have that blood. We have that within us. And, you know, there is this need for a man to pick an aim, to pick, to have an enemy. If we don't have an enemy, then we can't fight a war. And then we have this warrior spirit within us that is is going somewhere else. And so this enemy for a lot of men today is pornography. And, you know, just like any great movie that we watch, it follows the hero's journey. And you are the hero in your hero's journey. And In order for there to be a hero's journey, there has to be a dragon. There has to be something to fight. And then there has to be a reward in the end. And so I want you to recognize yourself as a hero and that this dragon has been given to you by God. It is a blessing so that you can learn to fight it and to slay it and to move on as a king in -hmm. your life. And to find a queen that is equally as strong and powerful as you are. And like that, that is your mission in life. And it is through the grace of Jesus Christ that you will find the strength and the courage and the power to do that. And a war is made up of battles, many battles. I I love studying the revolutionary and the civil war um, and all, I guess, all wars. And, you know, we haven't. Like, especially in the Revolutionary War, like the, the um, Continental Army lost a lot of battles, but they, they won the war. Hmm. And you're going to lose some battles, but you will win the war if you keep on fighting, if you don't surrender. There were, there were so many times where Washington was, a, was about to surrender, but he turned his faith towards God and miracles happened. And they escaped the British and they went and they, they survived and it happened over and over again. And then finally they won. And and wow. you can do that. You need to just be willing to turn to God and to never, ever, ever surrender. I wear this bracelet. It says resilient on it because I'm not the smartest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the best looking. Yes, I'm not is. the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the, um, the best the most patient i i I really am not the most athletic or anything but one thing that i am is i am resilient like i will not stop like i i will i will mess up i will suck over and over again but i will get back up and i will try again and so that's what you need to be and um i do know that it is through faith in christ and through his grace and through god that we can find um peace and solace and freedom and uh as long as we seek to have his spirit in our lives. Um, just like it says in Second Corinthians, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you yeah. will find liberty from this.
0: Wow, guys, this has been so rich. Um, I know people are gonna wanna connect with you. Uh, we've talked about the podcast. Maybe just tell us again uh, where people can find out about it. And um, I know you've talked about a book. I don't know if you wanna talk about it here or mention it. Uh, maybe when, it, when the time comes, we'll have you guys on again to promote it. But uh, just tell us what, what you're up to and where can people find out more about what you guys are doing?
2: Yeah, so our podcast is called I Stand at the Door. And you can really find it on any podcast platform. If you search for it, you'll find it. Um, We are writing a book. It's in the early stages. It will contain a lot of similar material to what's in our podcast. Um, And then we have an email address if you want to reach out to us personally. We would love to hear from any listeners. Um, It's Hayden, H-A-Y-D-E-N, at at istandatthedoor.com. And we, I think we have a Facebook page, but we don't update it very regularly. So you can go follow it if you want, but it might not have anything good. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Perfect. Hayden and Savannah, thank you guys so much. This has been a real treat guys. Yeah.
1: Thank, thank you. you.
2: We love this.
0: Oh man. Well, I just love those two, uh, dearly. Like I said, I, I've barely gotten to know them, but they feel like kindred spirits. And, uh, as you can tell, we had a lot of fun on that interview and after we finished recording, we were just, we were just laughing, man, just laughing, talking about some of those dynamics and how real they are. Um, so I hope, I hope you got something out of that as well. I hope it really does give you some things to think about. And, um, I really want to encourage you. I mention this regularly on the podcast, but one of the best ways you can help people get free of porn is by resourcing them. And I can guarantee there's somebody in your life that will benefit from hearing this episode. Maybe it's somebody who's single, who is feeling like they're never going to find somebody because of their struggle with porn. Uh, Maybe it's a girl who is just having a hard time working through her partner's um, struggle with pornography. Or maybe it's a couple who's looking to improve their sex life and whatever else whoever it might be, find somebody in your life that you can share this with and just say, hey, I was thinking of you. Um, I thought this might encourage you. This interview, uh, they touched on these kinds of subjects. I know you've been working through that lately. Give it a listen. Tell me what you think. Um, that's what being a good friend looks like. And honestly, um, that could be the, uh, the life, what's the word? The life preserver. There's a better term for it. I can't think of it right now. But that could be the um, the lifesaver that you throw out to somebody and that gives them a chance to um, to get some healing and to get some breakthrough. And I do encourage you go check out their their podcast episode. Um, I stand at the door, and knock. Obviously, they are um, they are Mormons. Um, they were very upfront about that. And um, you know this. Podcast. We're not particular about people's faiths. Um, if they're sharing expertise that's going to help guys get free of pornography, live lives of integrity and confidence, then we are totally game. And um, and you can tell faith is a huge part of what they do, and that comes through on their podcast as well. So if you want to find out more, uh, maybe you're Mormon yourself. I highly encourage you connect with these guys. They're going to bring a lot of value to your life. Um, and hey, if you're looking for maybe a more systematized process for getting free of pornography, you can check our stuff out as well. Um, Our best starting point is really Ultimate Recovery Guide. That is our five best practices and the five classic mistakes you must avoid if you want to get free of porn. Um, And you can get that for free at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Much love to all of you. Have an amazing day and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships, to sex, to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a Deep Clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests, where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at Clean deepcleanvip The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sotheasam.com/deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon.